to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Happy Friday, everybody. Big day, big audit day. If anybody's paying attention to the audit like I am, I will link the description below to their live stream, which I believe is taking place at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that information should be interesting, to say the least, because it's always been interesting. So, with that said, just a couple of house clean, uh, housekeeping, house cleaning things here that I wanted to go over. If anybody was curious, um, I read about this a number of years ago, and I wanted to bring it up again, because I may have brought it up a long time ago in the past, but it certainly bears repeating. If you find yourself in a hospital, and someone asks you there whether or not you are employed or not, if you're employed, you can tell them you're employed, but when it comes time to paying the bill, as it turns out, if you tell them over the phone, you call to pay the bill online, or over the phone rather, and you tell them that you're unemployed instead of employed, um, depending on the hospital and the carrier and the bill carrier and all that fun stuff, <clears throat> you can actually get 20% off of your hospital bill by just telling them you're unemployed. So I can tell you that that's worked for me, and it's worked for countless people. So I'm throwing that out there. Um, you can do what you'd like, but yeah, 20% off, at least in the area where I live, and it works. So there you have it. Just wanted to let people know that. Um, let's see. I wanted to bring up this too, that in these board meetings going forward, school board meetings in particular, I think the next phase, because we're, there's still a lot of people on the mask wearing, they've reverted back to the mask wearing, very few, few people are talking about how the jabbed being around the unjabbed is really the health problem, and really the health scare, uh, and really the, the biological weapon aspect of all of this, which again, is going in one ear and out the other and right over the heads of countless individuals. Um, and again, a lot of people in these board meetings are bringing up the money mismanagement, but I would love to see this start to happen, and I myself might have to do it, which again, I don't want to go back to a board meeting, but if I, if I will, then, you know, so be it, but we have to start talking, I think, about the transmission again of the, of the jabbed and the goo that is inside of the quote-unquote vaccina vaccination juice um, to the unjabbed because now we have countless individuals who are unjabbed, in particular students, getting sick as a result of being around the jabbed. We have schools where approximately 80 to even 100 percent of the staff members are all walking around jabbed in these high-octane 4G, 5G locations with all of the, the wireless technology and plugged-in technology and what have you. And it's inevitable that staff members who are unjabbed and students who are unjabbed are going to get sick. So in that same vein, again, with, with what I think needs to be brought up here in these board meetings, not that anybody's going to care because we know that they're not, but I, 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 I don't know. That's certainly something that I would like to see start to happen, people bringing up how that's happening, how that's actually a thing, because it is a thing. 
And here's one of the um, sort of proof positives, I so to, uh, so to speak, or certainly there are some lines that can be connected here and dots that can be connected rather. Um, th this was an email that went out to countless, well, I guess all staff members and all parents uh, and students alike within the area where I live. And this is, again, the local school district where, where I live and where I spoke. And I'm going to read this letter and, and you can make up your own mind. Again, keep in mind, too, that a lot of school districts are removing students and staff members because students and staff members want to be out. And so I'm, I'm certain, as I've brought up in the past, many of them are falsifying these fraudulent tests that they're be, you know, being forced to take. And you have a number of individuals, again, students and staff alike, who are simply playing the system. They're just playing the game but using the game to their advantage so that they know that they can be quarantined, quote-unquote, for at least 14 to 20 days. I mean, you're basically being given a 14 to 20-day vacation by playing this ridiculous game with fraudulent testing and jumping through the administrative hoops, not to mention administrators themselves taking full advantage of this system to either do this to themselves so that they get vacations or that they continue to get more state money and federal money uh, and then ultimately pocket that money based on either the number of people that are sick or the number of hoops that are jumped through with the mask wearing and the distancing and the whatever. So I would encourage people to again continue to think about it like this because this has to be happening. You have in the past, pre-2020, they would receive money for the number of students that were in their schools. That money would be taken away depending on the number of students that were disciplined, quote-unquote, or found their way into in-school or out-of-school suspension or even expelled. That would mean, of course, that a student wasn't in a, wasn't in a seat, so they would lose cash. But in this case, the entire thing has been flipped around. So now, if you have individuals that are out or individuals that are sick, they're getting more money. And again, as nefarious as that is, and as jacked up as that is, I have no doubt that that's taking place. So lots of different angles here, but again, the overall scope here is this. The school environment, both at the K-12 and university level, is the most unhealthy environment that exists. Physically, Socially, mentally, emotionally, you name it. You have the vast majority of adults in these buildings jabbed to the bone. That's number one. Again, I'm repeating myself here, but bear with me. You have students walking around who are primarily unjabbed. However, if they're 12 years or over and they're chomping at the bit to get jabbed and their parents are lunatics and chomping at the bit for their children to get jabbed, then what do you have? You have endless individuals jabbed walking around the unjabbed. It's only inevitable that an unjabbed individual and a jabbed individual, regardless of age, are going to end up ill. The entire thing is caving in on itself, and I don't think there's any stopping it, and there are countless examples here that I'm going to bring up. So, back to this letter. Here it is, September 22nd, 2021. Quote, Dear students, families, staff, and community members, we will close 8th grade 
at the Talawanda Middle School and all 8th grade extracurricular activities due to the large numbers of quarantines and positive COVID-19 cases from Thursday, September 23, 2021 through September 29, 2021. Students would return to school on Thursday, September 30, 2021, except for those students still in quarantine or isolation. Grades 6 and 7 remain open to in-person learning during this time. Only 8th grade students will not report to school, which means neither will they, neither are their teachers. So the entire 8th grade teaching staff is gone also. I bet that makes the grade 6 and grade 7 teachers really happy because they're getting paid the exact same to stay home and do whatever they want. Uh, let's see. Continues. Quote, please remember 8th grade extracurricular activities will be closed during this time. Over 36 percent of the 8th grade student population has tested positive or is quarantined. We need to stop the spread of COVID-19. We hope a short-term closing will help stop the spread. Please contact the school nurse and do not send your child to school until cleared from our school nurse who will follow up with the county health department's orders. If your child is sick, sniffles, sore throat, fever, vomiting, or other minor or major type of illness, please keep your child home. We need to ensure we keep COVID-19 out of our schools, keep students and staff healthy, and keep our children, sorry, keep our schools open to in-person learning as long as possible. We are seeing a huge issue with the lack of substitutes due to staff who are ill too. Hmm. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? Quote, we need to be able to operate vital functions for our buildings, such as transportation, food service, custodial, and staff in each classroom. Our goal is to stay open all year long, but we will not be able to accomplish this if we cannot control the COVID-19 spread. We need your assistance to slow the spread. We know this is a huge inconvenience and a hardship for our families and students. Students who are quarantined or isolated later than Wednesday, September 29, 2021, must still follow the quarantine isolation orders and not return until the students have completed their quarantine isolation as directed by the County Health Department. Please remember that on days 5, 6, and 7, individuals may be proctored by next test, again, the by next test, the, the fraudulent one, and we have some in each building or Miami University has some, or our COVID-19 test at another facility and test negative to be able to return on day eight. Proof of a negative test and those quarantined would need to be submitted to our administration or nurses. Our administrators and nurses can help you through that process if you're interested. While eighth grade is closed, students will need to check their Google Classroom accounts as well as their individual email accounts. Work will be provided for the 8th grade students during this closure. If you have questions, please contact your child's teacher first, then administration second. Because administration can't be bothered during this time where we are clearly incompetent, blind, deaf, dumb, stupid, and have our heads in our asses. Unquote. I'm kidding. It doesn't say that. <clears throat> Moving on. Quote, I had hoped that we would not need to close. Unfortunately, like other school districts, there you go, see, we are struggling. They're already comparing themselves to other school districts. I just love it. 
I love it. We're not the only ones. Lots of other people are having problems too. Well, why is that? Could it be because everybody's jabbed to the bone and you're chomping at the bit for your third jab and you can't wait for your flu shot? You can't wait, can you? Where's the flu shot? Where do I get in line? Can I get two of them this year? This isn't going to end well, ladies and gentlemen. It's not going well and it's not going to end well. It continues, quote, while this may not help you through this closing, we want our schools to stay open to in-person learning. The spread of COVID-19 within our eighth grade is very concerning. You may refer to the COVID-19 information on our website for additional information from state and county health officials here. We will continue to monitor and evaluate the COVID-19 situation across our district. Please be well and healthy in education, your superintendent. Okay. It's bursting at the seams. It's bursting at the seams here. So, for example, to continue to prove this horrific, horrific point that this is all a giant on purpose and people can't seem to figure out why. Quote from the Daily Beast, 29-year-old Kentucky teacher dies of COVID, but becoming at least 41st educator in state lost to virus. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the kicker, and I'm just going to read this first paragraph. A 29-year-old math teacher in Kentucky has died just two weeks after testing positive for COVID-19. Joni Bartley, who taught math at Jenkins Middle High School, was described as a per special person with the true heart of a teacher in a statement from the school district announcing her, quote, unexpected death. The statement made no mention of the coronavirus, but Superintendent Damian Johnson confirmed to the Lucky, uh, Lexington Herald leader that Bartley was being treated for COVID. The young teacher had also taken to Facebook to reveal her diagnosis on September 6th saying she had contracted the virus even though she was always careful and had been vaccinated. Was always careful and had been vaccinated. According to the educators group Kentucky 120 United, which tracks COVID deaths among teaching staff and pandemic-related safety measures in schools, Bartley had become at least the 41st teacher in Kentucky to succumb to the virus since 2020. That number is not going to get smaller. It's going to get bigger. In fact, I think in another article regarding her specific case, she said she was a rampant and staunch mask wearer. Very strict mask wearer. Wore them all the time. Here's another one who I'm sure was exactly the same. Can't make this up. This is her actual name. A retired Notre Dame professor by the name of Karen Croak Heisler, 67-year-old former Notre Dame professor, says, damn the unvaccinated, quote-unquote, and she's dead 12 days after her third Pfizer mRNA injection. You just can't help these people. The brainwashing. I mean, it is incredible, is it not? It's incredible. Just right into the slaughterhouse. Can't wait to get my third. Fun fact, by the way, before I continue with her tweets, this uh, this Karen Croak gal, who, in, yes, her name is Karen, and she has croaked, and that is also her last name with the last name Heisler as well. Um, 
an individual who is running for school board, again, around where I live, is, is in the exact same situation, doesn't understand why people aren't getting the jab, believes it's the jabbed that are, that are making, or that, um, that it's the unjabbed that are making the jabbed ill, and cannot wait to get his third shot. And ended one of his posts, which was sent my way by um, by a friend, and it said, hashtag, hit me with your best shot. <laughs> These people, absolutely certifiable. So, she was living in Orlando, Karen Croak. Um, yeah. Becoming a pattern of quick deaths after the booster shots. So let's read through some of her tweets before we just... Um, continue on to something else here because I've got tons to go over. Here's a tweet from her back on January 13th, quote, just got my first dose of the vaccine. Never been happier to be old, quote unquote. Now let's get these vaccines rolling for everyone, exclamation point. Then she continued, April 9th, quote, neither John nor I had problems with second Pfizer shot except a sore arm. March 13th, if you have no intentions of wearing a mask or getting the vaccine, please stay home until you come to your senses. You have no right or freedom to endanger the lives of your family, friends, co-workers, health professionals, teachers, and your community. You are selfish, unquote. That was March 13th. Oh, God. Here's another one. She has her dog masked. This is, this is awful. April 22nd, so I had my last four puppy shots today. If I can get vaccinated, so can you. And please wear a mask. And it's her taking a picture of her beautiful dog um, with, uh, with a mask up to its face to take a picture. And the dog is looking at her like she's crazy. Well, hopefully the dog has a new home now. Uh, moving on, another tweet. September seventh, just received my third, third, my thirdvid. Eh, well, who cares at this point? Just received my third COVID vaccine. September seventh, and then, uh oh. September fourteenth, she said this. Welcome to the reality of the COVID crisis in Florida. My cardiologist tried to admit me to the hospital, but there are no rooms because of COVID. Had to go to e had to go the ER route or had to go ER route. Uh, place is a teeming, and the waiting room stretches into hallways. Wait for some is fifteen hours. Get the damn vaccine, and then a few hours later. So still waiting to see the doc. Although they have run tests, still no room in hospital or in ER bay. Physician's assistant announcement just said ER could not accept more patients. This is a big hospital. Damn the unvaccinated. They have made life hell for a lot of people. And then an hour later, lots of sick people here aren't getting seen because of COVID patients, most of whom aren't vaccinated. How would she know that? She continued, quote, they are taking beds away from heart and cancer patients. Look at the numbers. And then, good God, five days later from someone, it says, quote, This is the worst news I've gotten in a long time. Karen might have been the best professor I had at Notre Dame. 
She was instrumental in helping me start my career and remained a good friend and mentor for decades. My heart breaks for her and their sons, R.I.P. Karen. Just heard the horrible news. She's dead. I just, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I get it, but man, running, running around, poisoning yourself, screaming at the top of your lungs for people to poison themselves, and then dropping over dead and wondering why people are dropping over dead. Uh, that disconnect is absolutely incredible. I think it's incredible. So, yeah. Here's another one from earlier in the week. National File. Liberal teacher says she's quitting because MAGA students don't want to wear masks hurt her just by breathing. Again, these people are certifiable. They should be institutionalized. I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. Here's another one. This comes from Natural News from a few days ago. It says, quote, explosive public health data. 80% of COVID-19 deaths in August were vaccinated people. Shocking, said no one ever. Oh, man. Here's another one. Zero hedge. Again, uh, you know, the way that they're treating the unjabbed is an abomination. It really is. The constant pressure. You know, I read a story again online the other day of a guy who's, again, anecdotal, anonymous, but he said his fiance got the jabs behind his back. They had talked about it, how poisonous they were. And she was feeling pressured to do it by their work, by her work in particular. And he said, look, I would have I done anything legally, all the exemption forms, lawyers, money, you name it. He says, uh, we, we wanted to have children. We wanted to get married. I don't know what to do now. She's jabbed, and I don't think I can have kids with her now. People are not thinking. They are not thinking. And damn the media. I mean, damn them to hell, because they are not bringing up any of this, any of these facts, which is why they have got to cease to exist in the future. They have to cease to exist. Um, again, Zero Hedge. Louisiana State University begins disenrolling students not compliant with vaccine rules. They're just receiving emails and letters in the mail that are saying, um, you, need, you, you haven't tested or you are testing, but you're, you're testing positive or you're testing negative, but we noticed that you haven't taken the jab, so we are, uh, we're disenrolling you from these classes and we're taking the money and you're, you know, you're just stuck with it and that's the way that it's going to be. Again, the, the, the sheer coercion has got to be illegal at this point. Uh, I was just told that there's a vaccination bus here at the local university where I live. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what, I'm real close to taking my little uh, hidden camera and heading over, over there with uh, the list from the FDA that shows all the adverse reactions, including death, and then simply asking them if they're providing informed consent or if they're just jabbing them. Because again, if they're not providing informed consent, I'm thinking on laying the Nuremberg Code right in front of them and telling them that they're breaking the law. <clears throat> this kind of stuff is just insane. It's absolutely insane. And I really am considering doing that instead of uh, 
speaking at a board meeting because, well, yeah, board meetings. Anyway, Pfizer's clamping down now. It's going to be probably another week to two weeks, maybe even four weeks, and they're going to start approving these for kids aged 5 to 11. This is where the dam is going to break. <clears throat> There's no doubt about it. And so many people are unfortunately already misinterpreting the quote-unquote FDA or emergency use authorization for the booster jab among the 65 and older or quote-unquote immunocompromised. The brainwashed individuals who are younger than 65 who think that they're immunocompromised are going to run to get these extra jabs. They've already been told by their doctors that they're immunocompromised, and because it was their doctor that told them, like my brother, for example, that's why he took them. Um, I have no doubt that he'll put on his fluoride face, which is what I call it, and um, he'll probably run out and get the third jab. So, who knows? Maybe, maybe younger brother's going to have to have a little chatty chat with the older brother who he doesn't talk to anymore. We'll see. Time will tell on that one, but I'm not. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to let them jab their kids. That's um, that's where they're going to get a little special visit from me. I'm certain of it. So with that said, here's the devil himself having a nice little laugh and a chuckle with Hallie Jackson, who is also a horrible, horrible human being. And uh, just listen to the glee in their voice. Oh, we're we're, we're just. It's probably going to happen. You're trying to catch me in some political trick on some date. Ha ha ha. Let's just joke about people's lives and the fact that this is a bioweapon and it's killing people. No big deal. And you, we keep hearing from officials in the administration, yourself and others, that, that you're confident about a vaccine for kids, kids ages 5 to 11 this fall. Can you say with some level of confidence that you think there will be that vaccine available before Halloween? <laughs> You're trying to get me in trouble by pinning a date. I'm not. I'm asking your level of confidence before Halloween. <laughs> you know, I think um, Halloween's what, October 31st? Is that yep. what it is? Yeah, mm -hmm. I think there's a really good chance it will be before Halloween. Yeah. Okay. And you're pretty confident about that. <laughs> I, I, it depends on what you mean by pretty confident. I, I believe there's a reasonably good chance that it will All be. Right. The two of them, individually and collectively, make me sick. They just make me sick. Smiles from ear to ear. Ha ha ha, when are we going to get these in kids? Ha ha ha, can't wait. Ha ha ha. These people are not well. They are not well. Now again, consider the entire landscape. An American K-12 school with ages 5 through 18. Jabbed. All staff members jabbed. 5G environment. Radiation devices in their pockets, walking around with radiation devices. Talk about taking a, what was supposed to be apparently a slow walk, slow kill, and turning this into a fast walk, fast kill. It's absolutely incredible that people cannot see this and can't see this for, for being completely abnormal and inhuman, I might add. That part of it will, will continue, to, continue to prove that this is a spiritual war beyond any doubt whatsoever. 
there is not going to be a more unhealthy environment because, again, the parents jabbing their children have already been jabbed themselves. I don't know any parents that aren't. I mean, I just don't know any parents that that wouldn't take the jabs themselves and then jab their children instead of themselves, although there probably are some parents out there would, that, that would do that because they unfortunately, and again, it's murder, and this is horrific, but they probably view their children as being an inconvenience. And so they know that these jabs are dangerous, but they're going to convince their children that it's the healthy thing to do. And yes, I know this is sad and horrible, but on the spectrum of insanity and on the entire spectrum of uh, the mind frame of a human being in today's time, you know that that is one of the slots that exists, one of those little notches that exists in the spectrum, is that there are parents who are unjabbed jabbing their children. But you also know that the vast majority of the jabbed parents are jabbing their children, which means the children are going to have to fight against their parents to not be jabbed and be more awake than their own parents. And again, I've brought this up in the past too, and Dr. Robin McCutcheon, by the way, is going to be joining me next week as well to talk about Marshall University, uh, the economy. We're going to be talking about education, the jab, a lot of, a lot of different things. The last time she was on, we brought this up. The number of parentless families that are going to exist in the future is going to be awful. It's just going to be awful. And then, of course, if the children survive and they've been jabbed, um, I don't know. It's only a matter of time, I guess, for them. The whole thing is awful, and I, I, I just, I know it's morbid, but man, it's not, it's not going to get better. Uh, I do want to bring this up because I actually wanted to bring this up a while back, but ironically enough, um, this happened earlier this week. So, if anybody's curious, as I consistently am as to what the numbskulls in higher education are actually writing about these days. Because we know that they're jabbed to the bone and they have uh, sponges for brains that are filled with mad cow disease and whatever else as a result of the jabs, clearly. Not to mention they're, they're Marxist lunatics for the most part. Um, <clears throat> with that said, I'm always curious as to what they're researching. Because as I've said in the past, the only thing that anybody at this stage of the game needs to be researching in higher ed, in particular in education, is how poisonous these environments are, how no learning is taking place, how it's complete psychological warfare combined with brainwashing and apparently addiction to poisonous shots. But unfortunately, that's not what's being written about. In fact, it's probably the exact opposite in a number of other completely irrelevant things. So, I thought to myself a while back, I wonder what the American Educational Research Association, which is the largest educational research association that exists in the world for the most part, certainly in the United States, uh, what is it that they are publishing? What are, the, uh, what are the titles of the articles that they're publishing? So as I was rolling, around, uh, rolling this around in my mind, all of the uh, mind-reading devices that exist, like the cell phone and email, I ended up getting an email from Sage Publication. And Sage Publication is also a massive publication outlet. They publish academic books, lots of other books, and they also have academic journals. One of their online journals 
and sort of quick read, quick evaluation journals is referred to as Sage Open. And AERA also has the exact same kind of journal. Now, they, these organizations have lots of different journals, but this is just one of them. Um, AERA also has AERA Open. So again, it's a fast response, um, sort of quick turnover rate, allegedly, on, on particular articles that they're seeking to get published. And all they do is send you the abstract. So I got an email from Sage Open, and they said, hey, based on your qualifications, we noticed that uh, you might want to want to uh, review a Sage Open article for us, and I don't know why they thought that. I've never showed any interest in, in, uh, in reviewing an article for Sage, although I've, I have and do review articles for other people. The, the sad part, although I'm not doing it anymore, is that um, – and it's not really sad even. It's, it's a convenience that I don't have to do it anymore. Um, it, uh, it's, it's, uh, the, the entire aspect again of, of, of writing or reviewing research is irrelevant at this point. It's, com it's completely gone. There's almost no point in doing it. So anyway, Sage Open sent me an email and here's what they said, and I'm going to read this. And they sent me an abstract of a, of an article that they wanted me to review and then provide my quick two cents. And by the way, um, the evaluation process is quite literally this simple. You click a link for one of the below sort of grade grades or grade markers. Um, the first one is agreed. The second one is declined, which means abstract indicates poor study quality. The third one is declined, which indicates abstract indicates poor language quality. The fourth one is declined which is not my field, and then the fifth one is declined to indicate that the person doesn't have time to actually review the article. If you don't have time to review an abstract that's approximately um, three paragraphs long, I mean, I don't know what's wrong with you, but anyway. So here's the article, the title, and the abstract that they wanted me to review. And you'll take a guess as to how I graded it and what I, which of those boxes I checked and then promptly sent back. It says, Manuscript Details, quote, the title, Application of Artificial Neural Network to Compare the Influence of Knowledge, Education, and Economics on Public Health. Seems rather benign, potentially, except if you know anything about transhumanism and you know anything about creating the Internet of Things and hooking the brain to everything, including your jab status then immediately you should be suspicious of this. So here's the abstract. It says, quote, There should be a strong relationship between knowledge creation, knowledge dissemination, income, gross domestic products, the internet, and public health. That's the first sentence. Again, think transhumanism, think internet of things. It continues, but few studies have systematically investigated their influence on life expectancy. A neural network model based on a multi-layer perceptron procedure has been used to analyze the data. Life expectancies in the United States, Germany, India, and China were predicted by using artificial neural networks. It proved that articles published in journals or conferences 
in the USA, Germany, India, and China that indexed the CSCIE, SSCI, and CPCI-S. I don't even know what those are, and they don't even say. So this is a horrible abstract. Um, continues, have a larger contribution to public health. Again, in an abstract, you're supposed to specify what those are, but whatever. It continues, life expectancy can be well predicted by artificial neural networks for Germany, India, and China, that the increases in economic development beyond a threshold of basic needs do not lead to further increases in well-being, and there are complex interrelationships between natural and social spheres could be the reason why there is the deviance in the model for the United States. Scholarly publishing, education, income, economic development, the internet, the immuniza and immunization, they say, have a similarly important effect on public health. Scholarly publishing is helpful to public health because public health could be improved via continuing to learn knowledge published in journals and conferences. Approaches mixed methods artificial neural network, and the region of focus is China. This entire abstract is poorly written. That's number one. Number two, the study is horrific because it has to do with tying in neural networks, i.e. your brain, to everything, to your income, to the internet, to immunizations, and how all of that needs to be hooked together in order to determine life expectancy or control life, life expectancy. Which one is it? They don't specify. It's terrifying. And so I said, declined. Abstract indicates poor study quality. Now again, what does that have anything to do with the jabs other than the nefarious motives of wanting to know everybody's jab status and then having that jab status be tied into everything else that a person is doing. That's exactly how I interpret that. Again, it's just the abstract. It's poorly written. I haven't read the whole study, but I don't have to. I get it. I mean, this is one of the horrible, horrible things about titles and titles of anything, frankly, if the title isn't crystal clear as to what you're trying to accomplish, then you're misleading the reader. And that's unethical. It's unethical. So, again, if a person reads, for example, the titles of my books, or even the, the, the lone research article that I, that I published, which, again, was based on my dissertation, it's pretty crystal clear. It's pretty clear. Now, you would think, as I've said in the past, that, that the most ethical people would be researching and doing nothing but researching, potentially homeschooling and the rapid increase in homeschooling, what's happening with the jabbed, all the bad policies that exist in schools regarding the jabbed, which, by the way, fun fact, I have yet to hear back from this conference that I applied to back in the spring and then they kept extending the date, extending the date, extending the date because they couldn't, they couldn't get people to submit abstracts. I, sub I, I submitted one, and it had everything to do with the rise in homeschooling and how the K-12 environment is now the most unhealthy, violent environment that exists in America. I have yet to hear back. 
And I've presented at that conference before. Um, and this was going to be nothing but a, a full virtual conference where, again, all I was going to do was send in my PowerPoint presentation in video form with me talking over top of it, and then either they play it or they don't. I wouldn't care, but either way. Um, so I thought to myself, well, since we know that, or at least we can guess that they're not researching what they could be or should be researching because, you know, they're lunatics, how about I check out what the American Educational Research Association Journal is actually publishing? And wouldn't you know it, it's awful. So again, I'm going to read these titles and these dates all the way back and all the way through, um, let's see, all the way back to April. So here we go. I'm going to try to read these in chronological order, and, and well, frankly, you can decide as to whether or not these sound relevant to anything that's actually happening in today's world. The first one is this. It's titled, Repressive Legalism. How post-secondary administrators' responses to on-campus hate speech undermine a focus on inclusion. That's the first one. And that one is set to be published in October. Again, you, 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 you can't make... I mean, these people are not well. Here's another one. Quote, How do parents evaluate and select schools? Evidence from a survey experience. You know what? I almost want to read that abstract. Okay, let's read this abstract. Quote, As parents are increasingly given flexibility to enroll their children in a school of their choice, understanding parents' preference for school qualities is essential. Using a randomized survey experiment, the study adds to the existing literature by assessing parents' preferences in a controlled environment where they can be isolated from information, asymmetries, and constraints. Results suggest that the achievement matters of parents, but status matters more. That achievement matters to parents, but status matters more when evaluating quality and growth matters more when choosing between schools. Additionally, student demographics affect both parents' perception of school quality and their likelihood of selecting into a school. This article has important implications for the theory of practice of accountability as it offers new insights on parents' latent preferences for school qualities. You mean to tell me that parents care about their academic success of their students and their children? No. That's impossible. But you know that somewhere in their article they say something about um, the, in, the kind of individual that shows up to their school. You know that there's got to be some kind of a racist slant to it somehow because they did say demographics. Well, we can't have them around minorities because they won't achieve. It's ridiculous. Anyway, here's another one. Uh, good God. Quote, a replicable identity-based intervention reduces the black-white suppression gap at scale, unquote. That's a title of one. It's an actual published article. Here's another one. The Special Olympics Unified Champion Schools Program and High School Completion. Because that matters to somebody. Again, at this stage of the game, if people can't see the landscape clearly, and we know that they can't, which, by the way, this has been brought up in the past, too, by countless medical professionals, and I even mentioned it on earlier episodes, the business of mad cow disease in the jabbed. If we have 80 to 100% of academics, quote-unquote, all jabbed, the titles of these articles 
and the quality of any research that's taking place going forward is going to get worse because you're going to have the mush-brained evaluating the mush-brained. And that's going to be passed off as normal. It's already that way. These articles, by and large, are unreadable because it has nothing to do with anything that's actually happening. People are getting jabbed. They're being coerced, bribed, threatened. That should be a research article. What, what about the perceptions of students regarding their jab status and their university um, requirements for being jabbed? Seems like another viable research article, does it not? What about staff perceptions of jab, of of um, of they being themselves being jabbed, their fellow faculty being jabbed, and students being jabbed? I mean, let's go in and and and, and conduct some actual research where we get to go face to face with the absolute brainwashed. It's a it's a perfect it's a perfect research environment now. It actually is a perfect research environment because you don't have to walk into a mental institution to actually interview the mentally ill. You can just walk into a school now and say, hey, professor, do you want to participate in a research study? You can put it on your resume. And they go, yeah. And then they have no idea that you're asking them open-ended questions on what they think about all of those things. As they sit there, jabbed to the bone, staring at their phone, probably counting down the days to, the, to where they get their third booster or their fourth or fifth booster. I mean, God, I'll tell you what. To have access to an IRB board right now, if, if it were me, and I had access to one as a faculty member, the research that I would conduct would be... I think it would be incredible, and I'm tooting my own horn here, because that's exactly what I would do. I would introduce myself. I'd make sure to stay you know, somewhat of a distance away from them so they don't radiate on me, uh, and I don't start glowing. But to be in a room with them and to ask them such questions and listen, because you know, again, the research bias on my part would, would be beyond evidence. Everybody would understand that. I'd be like, oh, oh, you have no idea what questions I'm going to ask you. But they would sit there and they'd be so gleeful, I'm certain. Although maybe some of them wouldn't, but you know that the mass, vast majority of them would. I've read you the examples in the past of the college professors that are jabbed, that are wearing masks, and are shocked that their students are not. And that it actually makes them uncomfortable as a jabbed, masked professor to have students in their room who are not wearing masks because it's they who are putting people in danger. I mean, to talk with that person and to just ask them a dozen questions, qualitative reasoning and analysis, and again, to even to, to have the recording and, and to transcribe it verbatim. Oh, I miss doing it so much. I would love to do it. Damn it. I would just love to do it. It would bring me such glee because, in, not in a sick, like, sadistic kind of way, but it would really shine a light on how these people aren't well. They're not getting better. They're going to get worse. The environment is crumbling. Nothing can save it. And they're doing whatever they can to rationalize their participation in what they're doing. 
and to finally ask them a simple question like this. The last question might go something like this. Thank you for your participation. I have one final question. Do you see things going back to the way that they were, say, in 2019 or even 2018 or 2017? Do you think that that's going to happen? If I were to ask an open-ended question like that, I almost guarantee that one of the first things that would fly out of their mouth would be this. They would say, well, we certainly could if everybody got vaccinated. You know that you would hear that. You know that they would say that. That's how ill they are. That's how not well they are. They view their quote-unquote new normal as everybody walking around like a jabbed goon, and yet they have no idea what these jabs are doing. They can't for the life of them figure out why their fellow faculty members are dropping over dead. Well, they were fully vaccinated. I, I, I don't understand. What do you mean you don't understand? It's called reading. It's called reading. But when it bumps up against their own cognitive dissonance, they are caught between a rock and a hard place. And much like the professor I mentioned earlier who was retired, cursing the unjabbed right to her death. And the truth was right in front of her face. Now, I hope she's in heaven. I really do. But if I had to take a guess, I bet she had to sit at the kids' table in heaven and the only thing that's being fed over there for the jabbed, who are doing nothing but mocking the unjabbed, the only meal that's being served is humble pie and crow. That has to be it. At least give them one serving of crow and humble pie, please. Just just one serving. And then, you know, they can frolic around and do whatever they want. But good God. So yeah, that's higher ed, ladies and gentlemen. That th- those are that's that's one example, one major outlet. That's the largest research association that exists in the United States, and that's what they're publishing. That's what they're writing about. How can we hook everybody's brains together so that we all walk around like zombies and we know what each other is making and we know how much money is in the bank and we know what each other is thinking and we can tie it to our vaccination status and then continue to divide and categorize ourselves? Because, hey, if Germany and China does it, then we can do it too. It's absolutely insane. So with that said, audit. The audit is today. The results, rather. For your enjoyment, if you're interested, I will link in the description below the direct web address to the live stream of that. Again, I don't know about anybody else, but I got the old emergency alert on my phone yesterday. This is only a test. If this were real, we would give you directions on where to go and what to do and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this all starts kicking off here pretty soon. A lot of people are on edge here, a lot, lot going on. Media's doing whatever they can to lie about everything and distract about everything. Rachel Maddow's losing her mind. Want to hear her real quick? Let me play her audio real quick. Rachel Maddow. She wears the same thing every night, by the way. Um, black V-neck, black slacks, black blazer. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but... When someone wears the same thing every single day, in particular to work, they either have dementia um, or they're just not well in the head for some other reason. So I don't know which it is. Could be both. But anyway, here's Rachel Maddow flipping out over the audits. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you on the other side of this and then I'll wrap it up. Here we go. 
because the so-called audit of the presidential election results from Arizona, organized by Republicans in the Arizona legislature, the results of the Arizona Cyber Ninjas audit are going to be released on Friday. The audit organizers have just announced the roster for their rollout of their audit results on Friday afternoon, including remarks to be made by the cyber ninjas guy, right? This Florida man who somehow got plucked by Arizona Republicans out of obscurity from among the ranks of random QAnon promoters online. He got plucked out of obscurity by them to be put in charge of doing whatever it is they just did to millions of actual ballots that were cast in the 2020 election in Arizona and all the voting machines and equipment used to cast and tally the vote there. He's going to be there explaining his findings as will uh, randomly one of the other speaker is one of the other speakers announcing the audit results is a guy who claims he invented email. <laughs> okay, neat. He's going to talk to. What's he doing there? I don't know, but he's one of the speakers. But as ridiculous as it is, this whole mishigas about the election being stolen and there being grounds to be suspicious of the election results. And we need to change all the rules around voting to make sure that this can never happen again because it was stolen and Trump really should be president. This whole mishigas, as stupid as it is, is going to go nuclear the day after tomorrow. It is going to go nuclear for these folks when they say in Arizona, whatever it is they're going to say about bamboo fibers and UV lights and anomalies and alien fingerprints and secret COVID cures they discovered that you can make it home out of flaming hot Cheetos and mothballs or whatever it is they say, it is going to set this stuff on fire on the Trumpist right and in the Republican Party and among the conservative base the day after tomorrow. And this all should have collapsed in on itself by now because it is all created out of full, out of whole cloth. But instead, it really is still coming to a head for Republicans. Do you smell that? Do you smell that? Uh, I smell panic. I smell lots and lots of panic. She can lie like the best of them, can't she? She's bad at it. But as I said on Gab, all the eye-rolling ignorance, cognitive dissonance, sarcasm, character assassinations, and bad jokes in the world can't stop the truth. It's coming. And there's nothing that can stop any of this. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great weekend. Prepare. Food, water, radio, guns. You know the, you know the drill. And uh, I'll catch you on Monday. Should be a good week next week as well. Take care. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless. <laughs>